fellow adventurers. Welcome to a Nat One Life podcast series called Homebrew Heals. Here, my sister Amanda and I will talk about our different journeys we have taken or are still on to resolve our medical issues. From gut issues to skin issues, we have experienced a lot in our 30 years. We do not have any medical backgrounds, but feel we have rolled high enough in our investigation and health checks and want to share our experiences with you. So come along this journey with us and see what we discover together. Journey with us and start to guide your way through this net one night. So Sarah, we're going to be talking about uh, some some functional depression topics today, and uh, the quote that I came up came across a couple, but the one that really kind of stuck with me is. Depression is being colorblind and constantly told how colorful the world is. Mm. It's by Atticus. Yeah, that's um, that's really sad. Yeah, and I started researching functional depression um, because when we were talking through and uh, interviewing some people about mental health, functional depression came up a couple of times, and so we thought it would be a great topic to discuss for pursuing your Patronus and yeah. healthline.com really came forward with a, an interesting perspective article about high functioning depression. Um, I absolutely love healthline. You and I were just talking about this earlier. I think it's a great resource for health information. It um, has a whole section, kind of like a trending section, you know, what's new, different things like that. What's going on in the health world. And, you know, I always like to look at their mission and their about us page and on healthline.com <clears throat> about us, they're big, like in big black, it just says you're on a journey to health and wellness and we're right there with you and how you affect, um, how you feel affects every single day of your life, which is why you work so hard to get well and stay well. So no matter what your journey is, we're here to support, guide, and inspire you. They th- nice. cut through confusion and try to make it straightforward, expert-reviewed, person-first experiences to help make the best decisions for yourself. So that's like why Healthline is here. That's and awesome. So, yeah. And then um, the other thing that I really loved was in there about us, they talk about that they cover all facets of physical and mental health openly and objectively because they're here for the whole person, for your whole life. So this article that we're talking about um, was reviewed by a medical professional, and it's essentially uh, summarizing the experience of seven people that have high-functioning depression. Um, And I found this article because I consider myself a person that struggles with I do have depression. I've been um, diagnosed and all of that, but I Mm -hmm. consider myself somebody that's high functioning um, with my depression. And what the article talks about is basically how the people can appear in your life, but then it gives you eight different things that most people that are struggling with this type of depression um, or struggling with depression, but are high functioning are experiencing or feeling or things that you might see. So I found it really interesting. So I thought we could go through those eight things. Yeah, definitely. I I personally have not been diagnosed whatnot, but I am kind of at the point where I believe I have some form 
mm-hmm. of depression. I don't know if it's situational or if it's functional or what have you. So it's something that we'll definitely find out more in the future. I plan on talking to some professionals about it, but mm-hmm. currently that's where I'm at. Nice. Yeah. And um, I think that you can be both too. You can have situational yeah. depression. You can have seasonal depression. You can have depression, depression, depressive disorder, you know, different things. Um, so one thing that kind of just to get it, get us kicked off with some general information. Um, everybody talks about depression and anxiety, but it's kind of different to everybody. And high functioning depression isn't like a type of depression that you can have. It's just how they're describing people that have depression yet still get up in the morning and go and do their jobs. And so the very first line of, or this very first uh, paragraph of this article really hooked me in because they said, it can be difficult to spot the signs of somebody with high functioning depression. And that's because on the outside, they often appear completely fine. They go to work, they accomplish their tasks, they keep up their relationships and they're going through the motions to maintain their day-to-day life. But inside they're screaming. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's me. That's me on a daily. So, yeah. yeah. So, number one, you feel like you're constantly faking it. So, for this one, it's not necessarily like they are faking it or that they're necessarily not always trying to fake it, right? It's just um I have a, a great example feel okay because this is and, and maybe I'm maybe I, I don't want to put words in your mouth but is this something that you don't experience No I just want to clarify so you want you to feel, define it Exactly yeah. yeah so you feel like you're constantly faking it well mm-hmm. does that mean like they're trying to fake it because they want to put up that front or is it some like a a feeling that they get um unwillingly um, so it's interesting that you asked that question because it's something that I struggle with. Is it, is it this un, okay. So I'll just give a, a real life example. Cause this happened yeah. last night at D and D. Okay. I literally told everybody I was struggling yesterday with depression yeah. and I was like, people are going to show up at my house where we have D and D tonight. I know once I get into it, I'll be fine. Um, but I have to be on. I can't mm-hmm. just go sit down and do nothing. And then it's like, well, why, you know, why can't you? These are your friends. These are people that love you no matter, or supposedly love you no matter what. Why do you have to, you know, this is all happening in my brain. Why do I have yeah. to feel like I have to put on a front? And I think it's societal pressure cultural pressure like Mm -hmm. I would rather fake it that I'm fine and I'm bubbly and blue and starbeams here and all of that stuff than have to answer questions about why I'm not fine yeah so I'll turn it on and that level of turning it on is exhausting it's mentally and physically draining but something that feels necessary to do to avoid 
questions about how I'm feeling or people not having good time and I'm bringing everybody down. And, you know, so that's probably my anxiety as well. But that's that's what faking it means to me. So and it's interesting you say that because I'm thinking about myself and I agree. Like I have similar feelings. I just don't know if they're on the same like level. And so what I mean by that is I am an introvert and my husband is an introvert for the most part. And it's we just we like to be home and we like to be with ourselves. And so when we have to get out of the house and go do something, I it's I started getting like a rush of emotions. One is anxiety for sure. Because Mm of a whole laundry list of reasons. And it's situational as well. Like, what are we going to go do? And then it adds to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it is also, like, I, I know people are going to ask, like, how are you doing? Anything new? And in my life, no. Everybody knows what my life is. Like, they know what my day-to-day tasks are and they don't change hardly ever. It is rare that something actually like life-changing or exciting is happening with me. So right. people get the same story every time we see each other. And and I hate that. And that I I just and like you said, afterwards I get home after seeing people and I just, I want to go into nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to do absolutely nothing. So, for me, because I haven't been diagnosed with anything, I just thought, like, and it very well could not be a sign of depression. But for me, I just thought that was because I was an introvert. Yeah, well... Okay, so, and I think that, yes, there is that as well, right? So I am myself more introverted. If you do research on introverts, it's not really so much as, um, it's how you gain your energy back. And I do that alone. Yeah, and same. so I, I, that's, I get my energy, my cup gets filled up, you know, from being alone. And, um, Yeah, so I I do think there are some elements of that there, but it's really that I'm, like, outside my body. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh uh-huh. I can see myself putting on a show. Okay. This is when I do this. And then I do, you know, then I'm the wife, and this is how a wife should look, and then this is how this should look. But in my mind... I'm not those things, so it makes the depression worse. What's number two? Number two is you have to prove that you're struggling and that you need help. If you're functioning with depression, you feel like you're drowning. You're drowning every day. Mm-hmm. But people look at you and they're like, well, you're, but your life's not falling apart. Yeah. You're not unable to get out of bed. You must be doing okay because you're not as bad as that. And so this person and this one really hit close to home because it was similar to how it was feeling, especially when I was working in a corporate environment. They talk about how they were literally suicidal 
close mm-hmm. to ending everything. And no one would believe them because they weren't failing at their job. They weren't dressing like a slob. They were able to get out of bed, but they were literally asking for help. And they're like, people were like, well, you're not really that depressed. Mm. And in order to get, and this is what's crazy, but in order to get help in the United States, a lot of it is needs based. So unless you can say, I literally just tried to kill myself. You're not going to get the help that you need. Yeah. So it makes your depression worse because now you have to prove and fight and tell people, no, but I really am depressed because, you know, X, Y, and Z and look, and I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that. And then they're telling you, you're not as depressed as you're saying that you are. Just because. Because you keep your shit together. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Man, that's really upsetting that people have to feel, or some circumstances, not even feel, but they truly do have to try and prove what they're feeling. Like, next. (laughs) Number three. The good days are relatively normal. Okay. So... You feel like a capable person. You get up, you get dressed, you go to your job, you do those things, but you're not really crabby or anxiety ridden, you know, nothing like that. You can push through, but it's, you're pushing through. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. but then the bad days (laughs) are when it's like, you can't get out of bed. Yeah. You almost and for me those days are when it's like you get all done up Mm, yeah because you need to prove that it's not bad to yourself to the people in your life etc so but these people that they talked to they talked about how the bad days are just fucking unbearable like one guy was like I don't want to talk to anybody. I fake being personable. Mm-hmm. Um, after work, I just want to go to my hotel room and mindlessly scroll on Instagram or YouTube. And that's when I was working. I came home and was like, I can't be around anybody. Yeah. I need to be alone. And then you start to realize that you have more bad days than you have good days. And that's where things get rough. And I, I have to say, I find myself doing the same thing. Like, I have been lucky where I have not remembered a day where I struggled to truly get out of bed. Other than I wasn't feeling well, you know, circumstances, what have you. But just like waking up, and being like, I don't feel like getting out of bed. I I don't recall having a feeling like that because I guess my <laughs> my anxiety kicks in. I have a whole list of things that need to get done that day and I have to do them. And so in my mind. But after the workday, it doesn't matter how easy the workday was. Mm-hmm. I need like an hour to myself mm-hmm. and I will go shut myself in the room, tell people 
I, I just need to relax and then I'll just do nothing. Yeah. Like, Put on mindless I'll, television or. Right. Exactly. And so number five talks about getting through those bad days. The amount of energy it takes. Sure. To get through it. Is exhausting. And so you get your work done, but you're not actually doing your best work. And they, they talk yeah. about that next. Um, it's taking you longer to accomplish tasks. There's a lot of like staring off into space, trying to get yourself back on track. Um, you get easily like for me, I get snappy, you know, so it's like I'll fucking snap over the smallest thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm outside of myself saying, why are you snapping at that? And it's just because the amount of energy it took to just even get out of bed and shower that day was more than the energy that I had. And so now having to interact with people. Right on top of making that. Making it worse. Yeah. Is making it. And so um, number six goes into the, the focus struggles and that now you're feeling even worse because you're not performing to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. And that, God, I hate that feeling personally. Mm-hmm. Like I, especially when it comes to my work, it's like, why, why did I do that? Like, I know I can do better. I obviously would know that that was wrong or what I did was not perfect or the way that I usually do it. Like, why would mm-hmm. I do it? Right. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So um, this person that they quoted from um, this article said, sometimes nothing gets done and I can be in a long drawn out days all day, or it takes all day to complete a few things. This person's in public relations and she works with individuals and companies that champion great causes and things like that, which often pull at people's heartstrings And then her work can take her into even deeper depression. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think when we were working in claims environments, when you're already Mm -hmm. having a bad day, a depressed day, and then you get that claim where, like, somebody died or something like that. And it can take you into a darker, a darker place. Um, And that just comes with that exhaustion, which is that that number seven is living with high functioning depression is exhausting. And I'm going to read this little quote from this person here. Um, Her name is Megan. She's a law student out of New York that was part of this um, research article. And this really kind of sums up, for me, functional depression. Um, Because it's definitely, when I read this, I'm like, that's pretty much how I feel. Yeah. But she says, in my experience, living with high-functioning depression is absolutely exhausting It's spending the day smiling and forcing laughter when you are plagued by the feeling that the people you interact with only just tolerate you and your existence in the world. Mm. It's knowing, sorry. It's knowing that you're useless and a waste of oxygen and doing everything in your power to prove that wrong by being the best student, the best daughter, the best employee you can be. It's going above and beyond all day, every day in the hopes that you can actually make someone feel that you're worth their time because you don't feel like you are. So that is like 
when I read that quote, that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this article is because that person, Megan, if you're listening out there, um, she summed up functioning depression for me in that quote. In that quote. Yeah. Yep. That's what my depression lives like, you know, because it's like a living, breathing entity in my mind. And yeah. that's those are the things that are being said. And so if you can imagine mustering up energy to overcome that and to try to like it's it's exhausting also thinking back like there's different ways that people have to realize this as well like for one we were just talking about going to work and whatnot and depending on the work that you do you could potentially be interacting with tons of people right And so having to do that over and over and over again. And then on the other side of that, where for people who are not around a lot of like different people, but maybe you're around like loved ones Mm -hmm. and whatnot, or people that just very a select few of people that can be just as exhausting because it's even more so like, it's one of those things where you're realizing, like, you have a small circle of people mm. and you want to make sure that they see you a certain way, right? Or that they see you. Yeah. So the last one. What's number eight? Is all about asking for help and how it's the strongest thing that you can do. Easier said than done, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Well, because it takes strength. So one of the people that they quoted in this article, she had taught she was um, an alcoholic. And so she uh, got into rehab and everything like that. But so she talks about having a triangle of mental health. She had to stop drinking. She needed to do talk therapy. And she had to be and she had to have medication um, because um, the medications help you stay level on that daily basis. And a lot of times there can be uh, um, chemical imbalances. Right. Yeah. And so I love that she talked about like having a, a triangle approach, like a three-sided approach, because I don't, I believe that there's not just one cure-all like medication sure. isn't going to fix everything. You need to talk through things. There's probably behavioral therapy that you need to do, which like for her was the stopping of drinking, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. No, and um, I agree but, with that. I I would not have considered there to be a pill that just cured everything about depression. That does not make sense to me. I wish. Right. Um, so if you guys are seeking help, I would encourage you to start by, if you have health insurance, go to your health insurance provider and look for um, programs and providers that are available for mental health, for counseling, for therapy. Um, you can look for psychologists, psychiatrists, and counselors uh, through most of the insurance platforms. Um, and then I've already talked about this uh, several times, but the BetterHelp app uh, or BetterHelp is a great way to uh, get some counseling through texting and chatting if you're not wanting to go face-to-face right away. Yeah. I completely agree that there's multiple things that need to happen Mm -hmm. to really help 
with people's depression and just the mere conversation of what other people are experiencing, I think can have a great impact because it definitely creates that feeling that you're not alone. Yes. It kind of removes that feeling of loneliness. So if maybe you have a close relative, family member, friend, what have you, just to have a one-on-one conversation with them. And it doesn't have to be like big or serious. You don't have to get into extreme detail, but maybe just like letting them know, hey, like I trust you Mm -hmm. and I'm putting a lot of trust in you right now, but I kind of feel this way. And it's not necessarily asking them to help you. It's just making them aware. So that way they don't, they don't make matters worse, essentially, Mm -hmm. unknowingly. So when you have those bad days where you can't get out of bed or where you don't have enough energy to have that interaction with the person, that way with you just saying, hey, I'm having a bad day or I'm having like, have a code word Mm -hmm. to just communicate maybe today's not the day that we speak or that we go out and do something maybe we just need like a pajama day Mm -hmm. and where somebody is there for you to the capacity that you need them there to be yeah well and I think that's I, I love that what you just said the capacity that you need them there to be because in COVID times right now. Um, One of the things that I have found great comfort in, and it's ironic, is online communities, Um, Mm. including like this podcast. Um, You know, if this is one of those things that listening to Pursuing Your Patronus once a week is one of those things that gets you through, please let us know. Reach out to us because we would love to know that. That's the whole reason why we're doing this. Um, But I've joined a couple of online communities specifically about productivity and I found a couple of um, women in these groups that um, they just happen to be women. There are men in these groups too, but I've found a couple of women that are close to my age and are struggling with depression and have opened up about it in these productivity groups and I have connected with them. And so it's it's a weird world we live in to meet people and connect with people like that. But it's also a very safe, um, me, for me, unintrusive, safe way to talk about things I'm experiencing without the bias of the people in, in my immediate life. Like, it go. makes it a little bit easier to talk about and maybe organize my thoughts so that I can have those conversations with um with other people uh, in my life because I've already worked through some of my thoughts with people that aren't maybe so immediate. Mm-hmm. So yeah. One, I feel like if you only talk to people that are immediately around you, you're, you're going to get like the same information or yeah. the same response, the same, like a smaller feedback. scope of feedback. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So if you, I'm not necessarily saying that that's bad or wrong, but it may be the reason why you're not getting what you need for mental right. health. 
it's just like limited thinking, you know? Yeah. There's additional um, uh, opinions and thoughts and things like that out there. And one of the great things about technology nowadays is that we can connect that way, um, which we haven't always been able to. So, yeah, I do. And I am getting some different different things and and there's something really comforting in hearing from a stranger that they're experiencing the same things that you are. Yes. So, yeah, I 100% agree when that is like the only thing I enjoy about stranger interaction is mm -hmm. (laughs) that they actually give me some like information about themselves that I can actually relate to and connect with that help me with my life. And that seems a little, I guess, selfish, but that's just my mental state. I like dealing with strangers is, I mean, I got to do it Mm because that's part of life. I don't necessarily enjoy doing it I am not that person that will just start randomly talking to somebody I don't know I don't Mm -hmm. like those kind of people usually because it makes it uncomfortable but Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's me personally yeah but if they do start that interaction you have the chance to potentially right learn something new so it's such a double yeah it is my anxiety is like don't talk to me don't talk to me and then they talk to me and I learned something. I was like, oh, that was such a great interaction. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I remember this one is so simple, but I just find it. I keep it in my mind. I was in Seattle on the bus and I was trying to crochet and I was just learning, just beginning. And I, for the life of me, could not do a slip knot. Mm. And I don't know why, but I cannot do a slip knot. And there's this wonderfully nice woman across the way she saw me struggling and she was like you need some help and I was like yeah I do and she helped me she did the slip knot for me and she like showed me how she did it and then we had a conversation about crocheting and luckily enough it was just a bus ride so I had an out if I got too uncomfortable I could just this is my stop yeah, exactly. Even though it's not. <laughs> Even though it's not. I'll wait for the next one. Right. Like, that is but, crazy, though. That's such a great story. Yeah. Mm, so she, like, completely changed your crochet life because she right. she was um, inspired enough to actually say something. Exactly. Like, she herself was strong enough to talk to me mm-hmm. about it and to give me some tips and tricks. So... That's so awesome. I never, I didn't actually know that story. If you have people in your life that you feel like are exhibiting some of these things, Mm -hmm. talk to them about it. If you are exhibiting some of these things or you're experiencing some of these things, talk to somebody about it or listen to us and reach out and send us an email if this hit home and we will totally respond. We would love to, to chat. Yeah. So, um, but I hope this helps people at least understand what functioning depression looks like and how you can think that, Oh, that person just has it all together, but really inside they're they're having a very, very hard time. Yeah. So. Awesome. awesome. Or not awesome. One of those. One of those things. It is awesome that we are talking about it. It is. It is. 
Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Pursuing Your Patronus and that it made you think a little bit about mental health and pursuing your own happiness and finding your ultimate Patronus. Make sure to stick with us here and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all those social media sites. And if you're enjoying your Pursuing Your Patronus podcast with us, you may also want to think about checking out our Loot the Booty series and also where we nerd out on YouTube. Expecto Patronum! Through the